morning, Hillside. I want you to know I have, I think this is my third Mother's Day here. And the other night, my 13-year-old and I were in the kitchen. She was working on homework and I was working on this. And I thought, I wonder what I said last time. And um, I pushed play on the video. I looked it up on the computer and I started with, good morning, Hillside. And she goes, ooh, don't do that again. So I'm, I'm already working on improving, improving my intro, toning it down a little bit. Um, I want you to know when we sang that first song, there's joy in the house of the Lord. It's easy to imagine that there's joy in this house, but I wonder how are you doing with there being joy in this house, the house of worship that is you. Now it is... Well, it's 1141 on Sunday, on Mother's Day to be exact. And so some of you have already had a day. I would venture to say that some of you perhaps have already been disappointed in your day. Um, My mom used to tell us that expectations are premeditated disappointments. And we have a tendency on these days to make a bigger deal of them um, than perhaps we should, or maybe people make less of a deal than they should. And we have an ability now to get on our phones on the way to church and say, oh, look what John did for his wife. How sweet of him to love her like that. I want you to know if you tried that, that's not the healthiest way to broach things in your marriage. Um, Tony, my husband, actually said last night, hey, what time are you leaving in the morning? I want to get you a coffee. I want to get you whatever you want for breakfast. And I said, oh, you don't have to do that. And he goes, oh, I'm doing it. I will not do that again, you know. And I thought, oh, gosh, am I like that? And it turns out I am. So... If you are in that company, if you've been overwhelmed by love this morning or you've been underwhelmed by love this morning, I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He sees you. I had an experience the other day where I was helping one kid and another kid needed something. And um, I was just racing back and forth, having one of those days. And um, the child that needed something ran to the car, grabbed it, ran away. And... I just all of a sudden was struck with, Jesus, do you see sometimes how I'm doing all of these things? And he, rem- he reminded me, I know it was the spirit, of um, the ten lepers who ran away healed and only one came back. Do y'all remember that story? And I just thought, Jesus, you identify with moms. You know, everyone runs away and you say, oh, hey, guess what? You get to keep your feet. Your arms are going to stay attached. And, And then one comes back and Jesus says, oh, thank you. No one had to say thank you, but it meant a lot. So kids, I want to tell you, those of you who are in here, say thank you. It will mean the world to your parents. I used to teach middle school and I would tell my kids all the time, if you wanna really rock your parents' world, go home and tell your mom, I noticed you're tired. Is there anything I can do to help? 
Because we have a tendency, at least growing up, I had a tendency to not recognize my mom as a human who had needs and had feelings and who needed a little bit of encouragement every once in a while. So I want you to know, first of all, moms, Jesus sees you. Second of all, husbands and kids, God bless you as you love the moms in your life. You will bless them so much, even just by acknowledging them. I want you to know, just going to go through a couple of stories in the Bible. Seems like more and more as I get older, I'm just recognizing that this book is full of great stories. And I'm having the realization that these are people just like you and I. They lived in a different time, but they had the same concerns, the same worries. They wondered how their kids were going to turn out. They wondered um, if the Lord was going to do what he said he was going to do. He, they, they had all of these same concerns. So let me tell you about this. Eve, who fell for the lies of the enemy, but God still fulfilled God's, he, he still worked his plans in the continuation of creation through her. Noah's wife, who said, this is crazy, but I'm in. That's not in scripture. That's me guessing. Sarah, who laughed at God, but then witnessed the miracle birth of her child. Jochebed, Moses' mom, who trusted God with her baby, knowing that he would be a fine man. It says she recognized upon his birth, this is a fine child. I wonder how many of you have had that same experience. Deborah, a woman with no mention of her own children, and yet scripture tells us in Judges that she arose a mother. I want you to know, I want you to hear that for those of you who don't have children that actually call you mom. You are still working as a mother when you comfort, when you strengthen, when you encourage God's people. Next, we have Ruth who stuck by her mother-in-law after the death of her husband. She trusted the Lord to work through her to provide. Then we see Hannah, who struggled with infertility. I actually messaged a friend this week who has that struggle and just said, is it more painful to acknowledge the struggle or to ignore it on Mother's Day? And she said, I think people will feel seen. And so I want you to know, if that is your struggle, you are seen. You are seen and you are prayed for. Next, I want you to see Esther, who we know was an orphan. So if you're grieving a mom this morning, you can see yourself in Esther's story. She was married to a king who um, also God worked through her to fulfill his plan. Then in the New Testament, we have the woman in the crowd who knew she needed healing and made the time to reach out for Jesus, and he healed her. Then we have the story of Mary, who was most likely a teenager, who when an angel came to her and said, you will have the son of God. I want you to play that out, thinking about an angel coming to one of your teenagers and saying, you're going to have the son of God. How that must have rocked her world, her parents, her community, and yet Mary's response was, be it unto me. She was ready to do what the Lord asked her to do. And then we have Elizabeth who lived with the heart cry for children, who later gave birth to John the Baptist and experienced the Holy Spirit when Mary came in carrying Jesus. 
Then we have Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus, one who mothered and cared for those around her, Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus. And then we have Mary Magdalene, who did not allow Jesus' death to stop her from wanting to serve him. And as a result, she got to experience firsthand being told about the resurrection. I wonder if you see yourself in any of those stories. Because what's so sweet, the common thread through all of those is that we serve the same God, the same God who brought purpose and story into all of these people's lives is unfolding and writing yours. And he is a creative author, which means there's going to be different zigs and zags for each of us. But God is in every single one of them. Something we've experienced in the last year is we took our oldest to college. And for those of you who've experienced that, you know that it is truly a life-changing thing, of course, for the person who goes to college, but also for the parents. I remember telling Tony, I feel like I just got fired from a job I'm really good at, you know? I actually love taking care of my kids. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. I feel like they're all here in the audience. I won't ask their thoughts. Um, but we take our son to college. And honestly, I was a little bit <clears throat> like a psycho ex-girlfriend after that first drop-off because he doesn't, um, he's not calling all the time. And I'm like wanting to check in. It's very strange from having someone, it's strange to go from having someone in your home all the time that you're at least laying eyes on to, to not seeing them at all. And you're hearing from them and, um, and, and, you know, they're always saying they're good, but are they good? Moms, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, because sometimes once you have eyes on someone, you're able to say, are you really good? So... I told Tony one night, you know, I really, if you weren't aware of our finances, our cars, the whole bit, I think I would wait till you went to sleep and I would drive three hours and just maybe hide in a bush <laughs> and just watch Peyton walk by. And Tony said, do you remember when we first got married and you said things like, I think your mom loves you a little too much. It's kind of weird. And I was like, yes, I do. Oh, no. <laughs> so I've asked my mother-in-law is actually with Jesus. And so I've asked Jesus, would you please let her know, I get you now. <laughs> but one of the things that I've had, the perspective of having a child gone for a year has given me a lot of thoughts that as I'm talking to moms and to others about um, how to parent I keep wanting to go back and talk to younger Becky and younger Tony and talk to them about some of the perspective that we've gained in the last year. And so I wanna have four thoughts that I just want to pass on to you in the hopes that it can bless you and encourage you and strengthen you for the road ahead. So my first thought is this, I need you to relax, okay? I have a vivid memory of Peyton when he's three. Peyton probably doesn't remember this, but he was enrolled in Spanish class. Why? 
because I just wanted him to have the advantage of knowing another language and it, I had really heard it helped with college entrance exams and I mean, I wanted him to be ready. I want you to be aware that Peyton is 19 and is proficient at ordering off the Taco Bell menu. The rest of it has not stuck around. I want you to know that you can relax and you can enjoy your kids. The scripture that I have from Ephesians 5, 15 and and 16 is this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You are gonna be shocked at how fast it goes. And that's the reality of it. And so I look back, as I've been working on this, I was like, God, tell me other times where I should have relaxed. I have a vivid memory of driving one of our sons up to high school baseball tryouts and saying, you have worked your whole life for this. Guys, I'm so glad that like there weren't cameras on me so that all of y'all could be like, why is she being asked to speak on Mother's Day? Because the truth is, do you know what each of my kids have worked their whole life for? To be themselves. That's it. We spent a lot of time in sports. We did. And because we're in Texas, we all know that our kids are the next big thing. But I just want to encourage you to relax. And I want you to know that's something I'm still walking right now, telling myself this as well. Relax, enjoy them. God has put gifts and talents and athletics are gonna reveal a lot of those. They're also gonna reveal some areas where they struggle. And what your child needs is you cheering. So relax. And then next, and this is the truth, I would want to remind you that in a performance-based culture, it is very tempting to raise performers because people applaud when people do well. And we are conditioned that we enjoy, social media is largely driven by me posting great things that my kids have done and all of you applauding and then going to your kid and saying, hey, how about you do something like this? Or maybe not. But here is what I want you to see. In Jeremiah, it says, Jeremiah 17, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never bears to fell fruit never fails to bear fruit. What we as parents have got to be focused on is not the outward tree. It's got to be the roots. Because whether you want to believe it or not, your child at some point is going to walk through a drought. And all of this may start to look like it's drying up. But what will hold 
in the midst of a storm or in the midst of a drought is a root system that is plugged in to Jesus. And so while our culture screams, what are the awards? What place are you in your class? What, um, how, how, did your, how did your extracurricular activity play out this year? The Lord would call us back to what are their roots like? One of our boys is currently in um, a race for playoffs in baseball. And so they are playing a best of three series this weekend. And on Friday night, we lost. And we were all disappointed. And so yesterday, I went on a walk and I was just asking the Lord to... um, prepare me for this talk and going over all my thoughts. And I came to this point and I just realized, um, I don't think that I've told Benjamin that Jesus is there for you. Like he's, we love him when in the successful moments, it's so easy to give him praise in the successful moments, but he's also there when things don't go your way. And when you're disappointed in yourself. So I texted that to Benjamin and went on my way. And then later I was just thinking, oh my goodness. And I should have added. And you know who else is there for you in this? Your parents. However you walk off that field. If you have the best game of your life or the worst. We're still here for you. I want our kids to know. And I want your kids to know. That when scripture says If God is for us, who can be against us? That followed up with that is your parents are for you and we stand with you no matter what. I thought about texting all that to Benjamin, but Tony's told me I'm limited to one long text to the boys a day. Um, So I'm trying to learn to hold back. So I asked God, God, would you let Benjamin know that and believe that he did? But Jesus is for you. And when your roots are deep in him, they will hold in the drought and in the storm. And then next, I would tell you that as a parent, you're going to have to guard your thoughts. It's so easy in um, the life that we live to get on a spiral of, of, of sometimes thinking, you know what? I wish everyone was more like me. I wish that, um, well, I hope my family doesn't have to go to my funeral before they learn how great I am. Um, I wish that this would happen or that would happen or I wish they would handle this or that. And all of a sudden you are on a spiral in your mind where you are the hero of your own story. No one gets me, no one understands me, no one appreciates me, and you are on this thought cycle, and I just want you to know that Jesus comes in to remind you that he is the hero of all of our stories. He's the hero of all of our stories. And so in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive of every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When Peyton went off to school, I I started realizing I've got to like get my thought life under control 
because I'm having thoughts all the time like this child needs me, but actually he really doesn't. And I know that because at one point I was like, Peyton, I have cleared my schedule. I can meet you for lunch. I'll do whatever you need. And he said something really touching like, I, may, I might be busy. <laughs> I want you to know, and, and, and Peyton and I have such a great friendship. I'm so thankful for him. But I had to learn how to even take thought the cap take the thought captive that we're entering into a new season and I don't get to be there all the time. And he is fully capable of owning his own life and doing a great job at it. And I had to start taking captive the thought that I was going to be the hero in any of my kids' stories. They have a hero, and his name is Jesus. And I think about the scriptures in Philippians 1, 6 that says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And I just want to remind you that you are not, as a parent, producing a product. That is Jesus' job. And it is his job to bring it to completion. And so on the days when you feel like you are struggling, I talked to a counselor once who said, the easiest people to push over the edge are parents. Because most of the time, you don't go to bed thinking, wow, I really killed it today. (laughs) Most of the time, you go to bed with a list of things you wish you would have handled better. And so I want you to know in those moments, you are not the author of your kid's story and you're not going to be the one that brings it to completion. That is the job of our God and our Savior. And you can put your kids in his hand. And then next, I want you to know that you are going to have to get skilled at opening your eyes to the goodness of God. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that you are going to have to realize in times of struggle, in times of battle, that there are things happening that you cannot see and you are going to have to develop the muscles in your spiritual eyes to notice when God is at work. And the scripture that I want us to look at on this is in 2 Kings where we have a king, the king of Amram, of Aram, is talking to his men and he says, um, how do the people of God always know what I'm doing? I'm getting frustrated. They know what happens with my military people before I even say what, what's happening. And they said, it's because there's a prophet there. Well, unbeknownst to Elisha and his servant, they're just having a normal day when all of a sudden they wake up and it says in verse 15, when the servant of the man got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. 
And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so we have this experience where we're giving, given eyes through scripture to see the supernatural unfolding. Elisha and his servant are in a jam and yet Elisha has the confidence to say, this doesn't scare me. Those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. And I want you to know that in your parenting, you're going to be called into battle. And some of the battles are going to feel overwhelming and they are going to scare you. And I'm asking today that God would give you eyes to see the supernatural so that you can know he is with you in all things. The year 2020, uh, I mean, brought our family some challenges, just like it brought your family some challenges. And of course, we were having um, more time together than we usually do. Um, I think it was probably mid-April when Shelby, who was then about seven or eight, said, I really would like to quarantine with another family. Um, So we were having some of those experiences and we were just having more time to talk than usual. And I remember Eden one time said, you know what I would really like? I would really like a parakeet. You know, we had a lot more time in our home. So you're starting to notice what you'd like. And uh, we just said, Eden, we're not getting a bird. They're gross. No offense to anyone who owns a bird, but they're gross. And, um, Eden immediately went and asked my parents. My parents were like, no, it's, well, they're gross, you know. And so we're not getting that. And Eden, just every once in a while throughout this, this, the coming months, would just ask God, God, I would love a blue parakeet. Honestly, she prayed it enough that I remembered it, not enough that it was ever on my mind. But a couple months later in August, we were having one of those days where it was hot and we had just gotten word that school was going to be delayed an additional couple weeks, which then at that time, after the experiences that we'd had, we had the thought in our head, there's a good chance our kids aren't going to go to school at all. And, um, and we were having a down day. I, I mean, and they were disappointed in their homeschool teacher and I, I, was, I was feeling it. So I have a friend who has a cookie business and she has what's called a porch pickup. And so I thought, I saw on Instagram that she had all of these cookies and I thought, I'm gonna drive over there and pick up some cookies. I bet that will cheer up my kids. I drive over there and as I get there, um, I walk up to the door, look, and there's no cookies left. So I wrote her a really encouraging note that just said, um, hey, I actually got here, there's no cookies. I'm thinking about driving my Suburban through your front door because I, I like to bless people. Um, anyway, she was in the midst of a crazy day. She texted me back. We both laughed about it. She said that afternoon as she was preparing an order, she realized that she had made a ton of cookies with the wrong color. And so she said, I don't know why, but I just felt it in my heart that I was supposed to drive you over this box of cookies. What she didn't know is like, as she was starting her way to my house, a friend had called. I'd talked to her about how discouraged I was. And that friend had prayed, God, would you surprise Becky with encouragement? Would you bless her? Would you bless her family? 
So when Jessica showed up with this box of cookies, it felt like one of those prayers that just had been answered immediately. I mean, almost as soon as she said, amen, our doorbell rang. And I go out there and I'm talking to her. She hands us those cookies. I start to cry. I say, thank you so much. Our family is um, doing okay, but we're having a down day and this is going to bless us. And she said, oh my word, there's a bird about to land on your shoulder. (laughs) What? And all of a sudden, this blue parakeet just (laughs) lands on my shoulder. And because I've been to the Fort Worth Zoo, I know to do this. And it steps on my finger and she goes, what in the world? And I said, um, Eden's been asking God for this bird. (laughs) And, um, I called Tony and I said, Hey, Tony, um, uh, we just got a blue parakeet. And he said, what in the world? We don't, uh, we know, we're not spending money on a bird. And I said, I know, but like this bird just like landed on my shoulder. And I, we didn't know it then, but on a day that is 116 degree heat, it's actually pretty amazing that the parakeet wasn't dead in our driveway. They're not supposed to be out in that temperature. And so I tell Tony, what should we do? I feel like God sent us this bird. And he said... Tell you what, you can go buy that bird a cage if you will have Eden start praying for me a full head of hair. (laughs) And so we get the bird a cage and Cookie, who is our bird, still lives with us to this day. And I wanna tell you, we were not wrong. She's nasty. There's feathers. She goes to the bathroom all the time. We all gag when we clean out her cage, but cookie is a testament to us because I didn't realize that there were still going to be some hard things in our path that year that as it was unfolding. And one of the things about parakeets is they're a social bird. And so when you're talking or when you're playing music, they start making their little tweets back. And so there were times when my whole family was gone, when I would be down on my knees asking the Lord, God, would you work in this? And all of a sudden, Cookie would start tweeting back at me. My prayers didn't feel like they were hitting the ceiling, coming back. All of a sudden, I was like, God, you are a God who delivers a parakeet out of 116 degree heat. You can handle this prayer. Now, I do want you to know, Tony would love to bless one of y'all with Cookie the bird. But Cookie is still giving testimony to who our God is in our life. And so moms, today, I want you to know this. And the rest of you who are not moms, I want you to know this as well. We serve a God who surrounds his warriors with strength. And sometimes you need to be reminded that you are a warrior. And there's a reason that things feel difficult. You've been called to a battle. And we serve a God who moves in ways we cannot see to put courage in the hearts of those who he has called to battle. We serve a God who can drop a parakeet on a shoulder. We serve a God who wants to remind you that although you feel overwhelmed, he is here to meet you. So today, 
I want you to look past the celebrations. Some of them might feel overwhelming. Some of them might feel underwhelming. But none of those, none of those speak to who you are. Jesus defined you at the cross. And he wasn't wishy-washy about it. He went all in. He knew the God that he served. And he knows the God that you serve. And if you have claimed Jesus as your Savior, you have access to all of the things that he had access to as well. And so I'm asking today that God would give you eyes to recognize it. That as we sing about the goodness of the Lord is running after me, I'm praying today that you stop and you let it catch you. I'm praying that you notice, praying you notice the details in your children the things that it's so easy to look past, but man, if they were gone, you would remember every single one of them. Praying that you look at your husband and you are reminded of what a treasure he is. And husbands, I'm praying the same for you about your wives. And I'm praying that every single one of us, and I don't know how he'll do it, that God would give you a fresh vision for how he sees you. He is 100% for you. He's all in, and his goodness is running after you. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for who you are. And God, how sweet it is to know that in a room this size, you know every single one of us, You know the thoughts that we have. You know the feelings that are in our hearts. And God, we're asking that you would speak peace to every single one of us. That you would extend grace to us. And God, that in the areas where we're hard on ourselves, you would help us to extend your grace to ourselves. That we would receive all that you have for us. God, we want to leave this place looking different for having spent time with you. So God... In your goodness, would you give us eyes to see the ways that you are working in our lives? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.